Morning. It's an exciting day, isn't it? Um, so we're going to continue briefly with our, in ser- uh, our series, the Impossible Series, how to do what is easier said than done. And uh, we want to tie in uh, the message this morning, obviously, to the baptism. Uh, but I want to I highlight something just first. One thing that's really encouraged me about saints is, um, David mentioned we've been going nine and a half uh, months. For me, the first six months of worship were me listening to Ryan. And I couldn't hear you guys. And one of the great things over the last few weeks I've noticed is more and more I can hear the saints worshipping, which I really, really enjoyed. I just want to thank you for that. So, um, Also, David, um, um, clearly in tune with the Holy Spirit, mentioned the England football team uh, this morning. Uh, so I thought I'd show you something that's been happening. Oh, I'll just make a point about it. Something that show you it's happening everywhere in England yesterday. So yesterday I was in uh, Colleyville at the Londoner, uh, the pub there, with about 300 England fans and three Swedish fans. And uh, suddenly what you're about to see happened basically uh, everywhere in England and most places around the world. So I'm just going to show you just a, a 30 second clip. So uh, as much as I, uh, I was involved in pretty much that yesterday, Saturday morning, um, these guys are celebrating um, someone kicking a bag of wind in between uh, three sticks. Uh, that's basically what they're celebrating. What we're celebrating is far better than that, isn't it, this morning? Uh, uh, we're celebrating something absolutely incredible, which is uh, three people have chosen to follow Jesus and make a public declaration of that. I absolutely love that. And that's why I've loved the worship, beginning to hear your voices, beginning to hear you sing, because we've got something so precious and wonderful to celebrate. So this morning, the subject sounds difficult, but actually it's quite a wonderful thing. Uh, we're going to Uh, ask, how do you die to yourself? Um, If you've got your Bibles, please turn briefly to Romans chapter 6. You can turn that on in your phone, you can open your Bibles, or you can just listen to my lovely voice um, speaking in the same language as the Father. Um, um, So it says this, um, first we died and were buried with Christ by baptism, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, Now we also may live new lives. Since we've been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are now no longer slaves to sin. So how Do we die to ourselves? It seems an odd phrase. How do we die to ourselves? Well, the first step for many is baptism. It says here that our first step can be baptism. And Jesus' invitation to baptism is a wonderful thing. What we have to understand is when John and Jesus were baptizing people, John was baptizing people, I should say, when he was baptizing people, this was not a new thing. Baptism had existed for a long time. And there were many reasons people were baptized. People were fully immersed. All of them were to do with some form of spiritual purity or ritual purity. So often people would be baptized several times for different reasons. Even ladies, after they'd um, given birth to a baby, would be baptized. And the whole point of it was to prepare them uh, so they would be pure and ready for service. So baptism really is just an outward sign of an internal decision. Uh, But what is that decision? What is the decision really about? Uh, The need to be baptized um, helps us serve the king and his kingdom. 
Uh, baptism itself does not rid us of sins. In fact, um, one, of the, one of the most, um, oddly enough, one of the best um, explanations of this actually isn't in the Bible. It's actually found by somebody writing about John and his baptism. So what uh, a lot of people don't realize is there's lots of other history about what was happening in the early church outside of the Bible. Uh, Josephus was a, a Jewish man who uh, fought against the Romans and late, later uh, defected to Rome, became a Roman citizen. And around this time, just after John was doing this, he wrote about John uh, to help the Romans understand what the Jews were doing. And this is one of the things he wrote to uh, particularly um, influential books uh, in, in Roman history. And one of them, he says this. He's talking about John's baptism. He says, The washing would be acceptable to him if they made use of it, not in order to the putting away of some sins, but for the purification of the body, supposing still that the soul was thoroughly purified beforehand by righteousness. In other words, what that's saying is that when people were getting baptized, they'd already made this decision. So Andre and Cheryl and Jay, they've already made this decision. They've been saved by faith in Jesus Christ. And this is a, a public announcement that they're following him, and then they're prepared to serve him, that they want to be purified in order to serve him. Uh, you could say a Christian who's not been baptized in some way is spiritually handicapped. Uh, because there are certain things that come with this step of obedience. Uh, the Jewish encyclopedia says this, to receive the Spirit of God or to be permitted to stand in the presence of God, uh, we must undergo baptism. Jesus said, uh, repent and be baptized. So it wasn't a suggestion, it was a command and it comes with incredible blessings. The problem is it's awkward. Um, uh, I was looking before, uh, um, where's Cheryl? Cheryl has a posh frock on. Has anybody noticed Cheryl's posh frock and her nice, nice shoes? She has a posh frock on, which reminded me, when I got baptized, um, my parents weren't Christians, and I was baptized when I was 14 years. Do anybody know what a frock is? A frock is a posh dress. She's got a posh frock on, a, a posh dress. So I have to teach people English all the time. I'm, I do apologize. <laughs> so... Anyway, she's got a posh dress on, which reminds me of when I was baptized. So my parents weren't Christians, and I, was, uh, I became a Christian a week before my 14th birthday. I think I got baptized when I was about 14 or 15. And my mum, some of you know this, I'm not from a very kind of like girly background. It's a very kind of manly background. So my mum had two sons. And when I got baptized, it was clear that this was her one opportunity of doing something girly. So she basically thought she would dress me up as a doll. So she put a white, like I'll call a white shirt on me. She backcombed my hair, which was blonde at the time. I basically had an afro this big. It was crazy. And in her mind, this was about just some nice ceremony that I was going to go through and would be kind of cool and nice for the neighbors to watch. But the reality is something much more special. It was actually awkward for me. I felt a bit weird. I felt awkward. I know people who won't get baptized because it's just awkward. It's just an awkward thing. In England, we don't have lakes that are warm that we can go out to, particularly in Manchester. So we basically have a bath in the church, which is just weird when you think about it. It's weird that you open the stage, there's a bath there, and people go to have a bath in front of everybody else. You wouldn't normally do that, would you? So it's awkward. So this sense of self-denial, this sense of sacrifice, that in order to fulfill God's commandments, I'm going to do something that feels odd. I'm essentially going to die to myself. And there's something wonderful about that. 
There's something wonderful. So how do we die to ourselves? Two things quickly. First of all, we sacrifice. Matthew 16 says this. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save, uh, save it. We'll find it, sorry. So what you've got here in this situation is people who are about to get baptized. And certainly for me, it was awkward. It felt weird. But it was a self-denial. It was a, and it was the first step on a process of the Christian journey, which is often saying, not my will, but your will. And here's a wonderful thing about self-denial. It attracts God. It attracts God. So I'm going to mention something I mentioned in the service, that the practice service we had many years ago. Not sorry, it feels like that. Many months ago before we started uh, Saints Church. And it says this in, in the very beginning of Scripture in Genesis 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. God is and always has been drawn to emptiness. God loves to fill emptiness. And if you don't feel filled with God right now, it's probably because you're too full of something else. God loves the emptiness of our own agenda. When we empty ourselves of our own agenda, our own ambition. He loves it when we, we empty ourselves of the things that we want and we allow gap for the things he wants. God's purpose for you is drawn to your emptiness. So rarely are our own dreams anti-God, but they're distractions from a better dream that God has for you. And so often we're pursuing dreams that aren't bad, they're just not as good as what God has for you. And we're so full of those dreams... He can't fill us with what he has for us. I know I say it all the time, but the reason we miss God in our lives is not because we don't know what he looks like, but because we've decided what he looks like in advance. And we have ambitions, we have dreams, and we have purposes, many of which are absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with them. But do they give God the space to fill us with his dreams and his vision? Sometimes uh, God's wisdom actually always is drawn to our emptiness. Here's what I've learned. So I've been... Um, leading uh, in, in Christian service for 30 years. And um, in fact, this week I talked about fact I'm more of a coach than I'm a counselor. So I see potential in people. And that's not the thing that gets me going, seeing potential and drawing the best out of people rather than just fixing people. But when I have counseled, I've learned something probably in my 20s, years ago. It was just really obvious. And that is when you're counseling someone and someone's sharing all their problems or all their concerns or all their worries or all the things that happen to them, there's no point giving them advice until they've emptied themselves. So somebody starts sharing, well, this happened and a feeling like this and this has happened. And I've really learned not to start going, yeah, but God says, or yeah, because they're not listening to me. While I'm, even while I'm speaking, they're thinking about the next thing they want to tell me. So what I've learned is you have to wait until everybody goes, just rants and raves and wherever it is, they get it all off their chest. And then they stop and at some point they go, anyway, what do you think? And at that point, I can say something because they're actually going to start listening to me. God does the same. So, so often he's drawn to our emptiness. He's waiting for us to offload, to, to get things out. And what baptism is a sign of that. It's a sign of dying to Christ 
uh, dying for Christ, it's a sign, dying to ourselves, sorry, living for Christ, it's a sign of putting ourselves and saying, you know, I'm going to empty myself here. I'm going to empty myself. My dreams, my hopes, my worries, I'm going to empty myself and allow God to come in and fill. God's resources are drawn to our emptiness. God's resources, and many of you know I run this organization, and an organization we run, I don't think could have started in a mega church, because uh, in a mega church has too many resources. Uh, so we wanted to reach schools. A mega church has so many resources that it probably just given me the resources we reach schools, but we had to find a way of doing it with no money. And the benefit of that is we can now do that in Africa, in Asia, and places where there are no money. So sometimes God withholds great things from us because he has a better idea. And the one thing that God will not give you is the one thing that will become God to you. So God is drawn to emptiness and baptism is that first step of emptying ourselves, of dying to self, of doing something publicly and saying, okay, I may not always feel great about this. Sometimes people dictate how they should get baptized. I've had people do that to me. Well, I want to get baptized. I want it to happen this way, that way, and that way. And sometimes, and this is just maybe me, I'll purposely make it a little bit more awkward. I'm actually really good at making life awkward for most people anyway. Because it's important. This is a first step to self-sacrifice. It's not a deal we make with God. It's not a, it's not a negotiation. It, it's a surrender. It's a death. But it's exciting and it's worth celebrating what are you missing right now a relationship a success a resource maybe God's holding that back because he's got a better idea maybe God's drawn to emptiness so we submit we sacrifice but then we have to supplement it we have to fill ourselves with the things of God this is what he says in Luke when an impure spirit, remember baptism is about uh, getting rid of uh, pure, uh, impurity. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. And then it goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. I think this is so true. And I would particularly encourage Andre and Cheryl and Jay, when we go through this, when we die to ourselves, when we empty ourselves, it's super important that we fill ourselves with the things of God. And that takes discipline. That means to read the Word of God. That means to go and worship with other Christians, to fellowship. That means to pray. Philippians says this, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Wherever is noble, wherever is right, wherever is pure, wherever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Fill yourself with those things. There are some Christians who, yeah, we, we're dying to ourselves, but we're not filling ourselves with the things of God. There's too much. We don't have the time to go to church. We don't have the time to read our Bible. We're so full that we can't be full of his things. And in my life, and this may not be true of you, but in my life, when I've met people who are very anti-Christian, as in like almost um, aggressive, angry, hateful, I've in 30 years, 35 years, 40 years of being a Christian, 
I've never met anybody who's like that, who wasn't already previously in some way connected with God. That's my experience. In fact, when I've seen somebody on TV, there's a British comedian right now who's, who's very anti-Christian. And I remember thinking, I bet he's got some kind of connection with God. And, and I did some research. Sure enough, he was brought up in a Christian family. He was taught Christian value. When we reject, when we, when we reject God and we don't fill, we don't, sorry, when we reject, reject things of this world but we don't fill ourselves with the things of the Lord, we can end up in a worse state sometimes. So I want to encourage the guys who are getting, the candidates who are getting baptized to fill your, be proactive about filling yourself with the things of God. The enemy is looking for emptiness to fill as much as God is but God is drawn to your emptiness and it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, when I want to share this, um, we, we looked at um, a couple of pictures, which I'm going to go through in a minute with you. And uh, we talked about this idea of uh, creating emptiness. Um, creating emptiness. Because the best use of your fullness is for the benefit of someone else's emptiness. You know, you guys, as you, get back, as you fill yourselves with things of God, you begin to learn more and more about things of Him. As you make Bible study a priority, as you make um, fellowshipping with the saints a priority, it will overflow. We sang that before. It will overflow from us into the lives of other people. It will be a wonderful, wonderful thing, and God will use you for that. You know, um, right now, Lynn and I are empty nesters. So um, we change the locks, but they still come back occasionally. But we're generally, we're empty nesters. So in reality, in our home, we only need two chairs. But probably like you, we have a lot more than two chairs. Why do we have more than two chairs? It's really, really obvious and it's really straightforward. The reason we have more than two chairs is we're creating emptiness. We're creating opportunity for others to come to our home and sit with us, have fellowship with us, provide a meal with them, help them, teach them by whatever it might be. In your home, you've already created emptiness because I would almost imagine that most of us have more chairs than we need. The question is, is there other areas in our life that we need to create emptiness right now? So I'm going to ask Ryan just to come on. And wh what I'm going to ask Ryan to do is something different than I told you a minute ago. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to... Um, the song about going deeper, not a dance or anything, don't worry, but the song about going, still pick up your guitar, um, but the song about going deeper, that song we sang just a moment ago, um, I'd like you to sing that to us um, just gently. We're not going to sing along with you, okay? We're going to listen to the words. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to, for, for a couple of minutes, and then we're going to go and baptize these guys. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you some pictures of emptiness. So pictures of emptiness. This is a picture of emptiness. There are empty chairs and what I'm going to do is a little bit odd. I'm going to ask the Lord just to lead us in meditation. So as you see pictures, I'm going to ask you to ask the Lord to speak to you through those pictures. Is there anything God's asking you to create emptiness, self-denial self in your life? Does this picture say something to you? Maybe not. For, for some of you, none of the pictures will say anything. That's fine. But I think if you say to the Lord, Lord, just as we, as we look at these pictures and listen to this song, is there anything you want to say to me about self-denial, creating emptiness in order to serve you? So if you can um, just start that, that'd be great, mate. Thank you. I'm just going to pray. Let's just close our eyes. We're, we're going to pray. Lord, we just um, pray right now for um, just, um, just these next couple of minutes as we just reflect. We thank you for the guys who are getting baptized. Um, Maybe there are others in this room, Lord, right now who have made a previous commitment to you or want to make a commitment to you. 
but would say that their lives are full of too many other things. Other hopes and dreams outside of yours. Other worries and fears that you don't want them to be wrestling with. And Lord, as a first step of, of that self-denial, that even this morning they could be baptized and follow you. They could be baptized as a, a step of self-denial. Dying, dying to themselves, dying with Christ. Picking up their cross. So Lord, just as uh, Ryan uh, sings just gently, we're going to just look at some pictures. And I pray, Lord, that you would just begin to speak to us. Holy Spirit, as we just look at these pictures, just fill that gap, Lord. Speak to us through these pictures. As we look at different types of emptiness, maybe challenge us where we need to be empty. Or maybe challenge us where you want to fill our lives, Lord. <laughs>